Hi, hey, hello everybody, FPL teacher here, bringing you Everton 3, Crystal Palace nil. We look at what Everton continue to do well at home for this much needed win, as well as what Crystal Palace interestingly do away from home as their next three fixtures have more away games than home games for FPL purposes. We also look at both sides' strategies going into this match, as well as who were the star players. Everton. The 4-3-3 here continued to feel Gray and Gordon on the flanks, but really the most crucial reintroduction for Everton has been the long-awaited return of Dominic Calvert-Lewin at the number 9 position. Instead of Neil Morpai, Dominic Calvert-Lewin doesn't just offer goal-poaching ability. He has this innate first touch that is much more decisive than Morpai's, and his positioning is much more flexible than Mopai's as well. Mopai, no doubt being a linkman, still hangs out particularly in the left half space, only choosing to link up with Alex Iwobi. But here, DCL, he aids the press, he hustles, and his first touch prioritizes going towards goal rather than linking play. Now, home advantage is a crucial thing for Everton here because, as usual, we have to state that home advantage favors refereeing decisions, not player form. So, there were two instances here in the lead-up to Everton's goal that were considered questionable. Number one, the ball won off Milivojevic in midfield. Technically, it was a foul. Uh, technically, it was a tackle from behind. So, a lot remains to be said of whether contact on the ball takes priority over the location of the tackle. But nevertheless, it was not given as a foul. Secondly, DCL's first touch that went through Guehi when going between his legs also technically could have been a foul because DCL did push Guehi to the floor in the process of running towards goal. So really, it comes down to those two factors not being given as fouls, technically 50-50s, that favoured Everton here at home and that crucially led to Everton's fantastic shot on goal taking the 1-0 lead as early as the 11th minute. Now, the thing about Everton is that at home, they still choose to protect the lead rather than extend it. Of course, still relying on a lot of counter-attacks. So across the match, we saw counter-attacking chances from the likes of Gordon in the 23rd, Mikulenko in the 63rd to extend the lead, as well as the 84th minute when McNeil sealed the game. So really, it was a case of three chances and three goals with maybe Anadu Onana in the 52nd minute also helping with winning the ball and just directly shooting from range anyway. But crucial here in all these counter-attacks is DCL's role in retaining the ball, somewhat similar to Harry Kane, just dropping deep, but instead of releasing the midfielders, he just plays it to either Iwobi or Onana, and the rest is history. Now, For FPL purposes, with DCL's return, does this make Everton an exciting prospect? It depends on their fixtures. So we look at Everton's next run of form, and crucially here, their fixtures read Fulham away, Leicester at home, and Bournemouth away right before the international break. So at this stage, one home game in three is a mixed bag. So we have to look at what they do against Fulham before deciding on whether to invest in Iwobi as an explosive asset.
Crystal Palace, away from home, they curiously turned to experience with Chic Dukori unavailable. They had Milivojevic employed in defensive midfield. So with that experience, it meant that Olise and Eze were tasked to create from deep central midfield, fielding Jordan Ayu on the right side. So, so what happened here is that usually compared to what they do at home, the triangle is two at the back, one in front. Now with Milivojevic solo at the base, without Jeffrey Schlop, crucially, it's Milivojevic at the base and Olis and Eze ahead of him, this one-two triangle. It flipped upside down and it meant that Palace's dribbling ability from deep was very exposed to Everton's pressing traps. Now, this led to a lot of Everton chances in the opening period where they didn't exactly give the ball away, but they, when they attempted to dribble out of midfield, they were sucked into Everton's aggressive pressing traps. Now, this means that mobile defenders, mobile attackers in their upcoming fixture schedule, which reads Southampton, West Ham and Forest away from home, those two fixtures, will favour the likes of Jared Bowen and Taiwo Awani, who was the, was the star of the show against Liverpool this morning. So, looking ahead, Palace's defensive potential away from home is not the best and if you have a budget defender like Goehi or Anderson, they are definitely worth benching after the Southampton game. <clears throat> now, as for Palace attack, this is where things get interesting because number one, we have to ask ourselves, did they step up after losing the lead? And the answer is yes. Eze continued to do Eze things by linking up with Saha and Edouard in the final third. But more importantly here is that Vieira has been known to make transitions in the second half that changed the game. Instead of shifting Ayu centrally, he brought on Mateta for Olis, shifting into a 4-4-2. Thankfully, this approach did not work as Palace did not make any crosses and at the same time, Mateta, well, he is still technically slightly rusty and off the pace because he had this one chance in the 74th minute where he was in front of goal facing the goalkeeper, albeit running away from goal and he just tried to backheel it between the defender's legs, still with not much match sharpness. But honestly, that moment aside, more crucially is that between the 60th minute when the substitutions were made and the final minutes of the second half, Palace only had two attempts at goal compared to the 10 they had in the first half. Home advantage reigns supreme between sides and that are not in the top six. Everton's win over Crystal Palace here really shows the Jekyll and Hyde personality that Frank Lampard's side has home and away. And as for Crystal Palace, really, their assets behave the same and it just comes down to their productivity not being as consistent as they would like. The crucial piece here that is missing that is Chic Dukore will give Palace some food for thought but thankfully they have a home game against Southampton to iron those kings out and hopefully we will see Palace sustain Zaha's potential crucially moving forward. This is FPL Teacher speaking, bringing you the City game up next. <laughs>